Well, it's no surprise that Christians around the world often face conflict within the local church. But any conflict in the church is always due to deficiencies in us, never deficiencies in Jesus. Welcome to this episode of the Radical with David Platt podcast, the latest sermons from teacher, author, and pastor David Platt delivered weekly. And as always, you can find thousands of more gospel-centered, nations-minded resources at Radical.net. Well, in today's message from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, David Platt reminds us that when we encounter conflict in the church, we should let it drive us to deeper love for Jesus as we recognize that he alone is perfect. So with that, here's Pastor David with a sermon titled Supernatural Church from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have a Bible, and I hope you or somebody around you does that you can look on with, let me invite you to open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and if you need to use the table of contents, feel free to do so. As you're turning, I want to welcome those of you specifically in Prince William and Loudoun and Montgomery County, as well as those from Arlington. And those of you online, we invite you to join us at one of these locations in person. So I want you to hear Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 11. And I want you to, and and basically the context behind it is there was division in the church in Corinth behind spiritual gifts, like spiritual gifts. We saw last week it was the Lord's Supper. Even spiritual gifts were causing division. People were saying, well, this gift's better than others, and therefore I'm spiritually superior to you because I have this gift, specifically gifts of prophecy and tongues. And we're not going to have time to talk a lot about prophecy and tongues. That'll be an exciting few weeks from now. So, but today, just see the, set the stage and then read these words from God. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one says, can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in every one. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So why? Why would God ordain that we would gather in this room and other locations right now and hear this word from him at this time? And not just in our church family, but but in the middle of whatever's going on in your life. What is God saying to us? And I want to show you, and we're going to fly like just a couple seconds on each of these, but I want to show you four pictures of the church and what we just read that God is speaking over us right now through his word. Here's the first one. One, we're a supernatural family. Family. Concerning spiritual gifts, brothers. This is family language. And you read throughout the whole thing, the whole picture is a spiritual family united by the same spirit, the same Lord, the same God to whom everyone is given the manifestation of the spirit. One spirit, the same spirit. Faith by the same spirit, by the one spirit, the same spirit. You see it over and over again. This is what a supernaturally formed family, the spirit of God 
forms a spiritual family called the church in a supernatural way. What a powerful picture. What brings us together is not natural, man-made, contrived means. Spiritual means make the family of God. Supernatural. And we're a supernatural family too. We have supernatural faith. This is verses two and three. It says, basically, nobody, so you were all worshiping other idols. Now you're saying Jesus is Lord. How did that happen? Only by the Spirit of God. You cannot say Jesus is Lord and mean it if the Spirit of God has not done that work in your heart to lead you to say that. That's so important. We could camp out a ton here, but I'll I'll put it this way. If I were to ask you, how do you know? Christian, how do you know you're going to go to heaven? You'll be in heaven when you die. How do you know? And if, if the first words out of your mouth are, well, because I, because I did this, or I did that, or I believe this, or I believe that. It's not that that's altogether wrong, but you may be in danger of missing the point because the first words out of your mouth, my mouth, should be, not be because I, it should be because God. I, only reason, only reason I believe in Jesus, I know Jesus, I love Jesus, have intimacy with Jesus, is because Jesus loves me, because he pursued me, because his spirit opened my eyes to who he is, the truth of the gospel. Like that's all by the spirit of God. Salvation, even when you look in verse one concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, that term gifts, the range of meanings for that language includes not just the gift of utterance or wisdom or prophecy or tongues or whatever, it's the gift of salvation. And we have received salvation. It's a gift given to us by God, specifically by the spirit of God. We have a, a faith that began supernaturally, not naturally. Salvation is not man-made contrived. It's supernatural. So we're a supernatural family. We have supernatural faith. Third, we each have supernatural gifts. That's the whole point of verses four through 11. Verse seven summarizes it. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit. Is that not an awesome phrase? The manifestation of the spirit of God. We're talking about the spirit of God. Picture Genesis 1-3. First time we see the spirit in the scripture, like, hovering over the waters before the world was even formed. That spirit has been manifested to each of us. Like, let this soak in. This is mind-blowing if you think about it. It'll knock you out of your seat if you think about it. The spirit of God dwells inside of you. That's supernatural. Gifts from the spirit dwelling inside of each of us. And just in case you're a teenager or a child, like tempted to tune out, don't tune out. For anyone who's placed their faith in Jesus. You have the same spirit. This is not like this person who's more mature has this spirit, and this person who just became a Christian has this spirit. It's all the same. I have the same spirit, you have the same spirit. The same spirit. That's what it says over and over again in 1 Corinthians 12. The same Holy Spirit dwells in each one of us. It's an awesome thought. So we all have supernatural gifts, and we, all have, we each have supernatural gifts, and we all have supernatural power. So with spiritual gifts comes, super, so it comes spiritual power. End of verse 6, it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. Same word, empowers, used in verse 11. So God gives us supernatural gifts from his spirit with supernatural power to use them, to build up others. And in case you haven't used this this. I haven't noticed, like I'm using the term supernatural here very intentionally, and it is not an overstatement. It actually makes, makes me think about, so I'm gonna show you my undershirt here, the shirt that my wife and my kids got me for Father's Day. So if I could just show it to you here. This is what they got me over the last week. It's kind of awkward taking off a shirt. 
But go with it. All right, so this is the shirt they got me, okay? It says, Daddy, you are as incredible as the Hulk. You are as amazing as Spider-Man. You're as mighty as Thor. You're as smart as Iron Man. And you are as honorable as Captain America. Happy fourth. Uh, You are our superhero. So this was the shirt they gave me. And I thought, oh, guys, like, that's, that's so awesome, kind. Like, I really appreciate that. And then one of my kids, who will remain nameless, <laughs> said to me, Dad, it's just sentimental. <laughs> he said, it's actually not true. <laughs> he was like... Let's be honest, Dad. You're not stronger than the Hulk. (laughs) You may like to think you are mightier than Thor, but you are not. You're no smarter than Iron Man. And Spider-Man's a lot cooler than you are. Like, (laughs) so I was, they were just saying this. Like, it wasn't actually true. But that's not the way I'm using this language. I want you to feel this. If you're a follower of Jesus, put aside like imaginary superhero. You have true supernatural power from God dwelling inside of you. The spirit of God who created this planet and the stars and the galaxies, his power resides in you through gifts he has given to you. So now let's put it all together. So these four truths, I'm going to put them on the screen here at the same time because I want you to see this. God, now make the connection. This is what 1 Corinthians 12 is teaching. God gives you, me, supernatural power to use your supernatural gifts for what purpose? To strengthen others' supernatural faith in the supernatural family called the church. That is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 through 11. God gives all of us, each of us, it's the language, supernatural power to use these unique supernatural gifts. We all have different gifts. I mean, some share different, but, but unique gifts. And don't get caught up in the list of gifts here. So there are definitely different lists of gifts in the New Testament. The point, the Bible here is we all have them. And you know what they're for? They're for the strengthening of one another's faith. I'll give you another text, Romans chapter 12, verse uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. Uh, I, er, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That's why I want to see you, because I want to impart to you a spiritual gift to make you strong so that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. That's what, that's what the gifts are for, for mutual encouragement in faith. Gifts are designed to be used in the power of God to strengthen one another's faith in the supernatural family of God. Which means, if you want to experience all God has for you, you need to be in a body, committed to a body, where you are building up others' faith with the supernatural power inside of you, not using those gifts to tear down others inside that body. Like, I want to show you this quote. This quote, directly from, so, uh, Bible teachers had a huge influence in my life. I've preached with them. 
at different conferences. Uh, he invited me out to his college that he founded to speak. I'm so grateful for how much God has taught me through John MacArthur. He summarized this passage by saying, so just look at the language. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to believers to express and strengthen the unity they have in their Lord Jesus Christ. But misuse of those gifts shatters unity, divides believers, and ruins their testimony before the world. Is this not exactly what God is saying to us today? God has made us a supernatural family with supernatural faith. He's given us supernatural gifts with supernatural power to build each other up, not bring each other down. To express and strengthen unity, not shatter it, dividing believers and ruining our testimony before the world. Let me illustrate as we close. So my older brother is in town. I want to invite him out here. So this is my older brother, Steve. Would you welcome him? What's up, bro? The only way I could get Steve to agree to do this is if he didn't have to speak. This is, uh, he doesn't love being on stage. And this was a big step for me to, to call in Steve for this. And I, I've told you, if you've been around here for very long, about Steve before. Um, so uh, I grew up a little skinny, scrawny kid, and Steve grew up the opposite. So the whole joke was when I, we would go like to school and there was the football coach, he was like, what did they push you away from the trough at home? Like that was, that was the kind of language I grew up hearing. So just very like, you guys don't belong to each other. And I, I've told you now, now uh, yeah, just about Steve, like he, he, uh, uh, like star football player on the offensive line and defensive line, uh, um, heavyweight state wrestling champion. Um, so heavyweight, heavyweight. And he only weighed like 225 pounds and he's wrestling guys that are 275, 300. But like these arms, he just like pick guys up and throw them down. I work out a lot more than him and I'm nowhere close to this right here. So, and so growing up, like I learned real quick don't wrestle with Steve, right? I run. That's the only thing I have. And, uh, and so, but every once in a while, he'd get his hands on me, and it was, it was not good. This, this power poured out on this little guy was not good. I could be in all kinds of positions. But then, as we grew up, I learned what a blessing it was to have this power working on my behalf. So I've, I've told the story before like, uh, about summer camp one year. I'm a freshman. There's, it's basketball camp. There's seniors there. They're initiating freshmen. This guy comes in the dorm room to take me out. He's, he's about to carry me out to go put my head in the toilet and flush it. And, uh, and as soon as he turns to take me out of the room, this other senior rounds the corner. is like, no, wait, we can't take him. If you remember the story, like, uh, I, I didn't know who this guy was that just rounded the corner, but I immediately loved this man. And, uh, and he said, we can't take him. He said, that's Platt's brother. And I remember what the guy who's holding me, he looked me up and down. <laughs> and he said, exact words, this is not Platt's brother. This is Platt's left leg. <laughs> and I don't think he meant that as a compliment, but I was pretty proud to be Platt's left leg. He put me down and walked out. And then there was, there was one other I've talked about before when I, I had this jacket that my granddad had given me that I loved. I took it to school one day, put it down at the beginning of the day, came back at the end of the day and it was gone. Somebody had stolen it. And our dad uh, came in and was talking to the principal about what had happened. And I'm sitting over there pretty distraught. 
Steve comes over to me and he's like, hey, David, what happened? I tell him, he said, let, let me take care of this. And I watched Steve walk directly over to the guy in school who was kind of in charge of these sorts of activities. And, uh, and he put his arm around him and he said, I just want you to know, my brother's jacket was stolen. If you don't have it back to me by tomorrow, then we'll have a talk. <laughs> and uh, so the next day, I, uh, I'm sitting there in first class in, in the morning and I'm looking out in the hall and I see coming around the corner, Steve walking and you'll never guess what he's holding in his hand, my jacket. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he comes up to me, he gives me my jacket and he says, David, I just want you to know no matter what happens to you, your brother's always got your back. Amen. And uh, so, and I, I could tell many other stories about this brother who's a hero of mine. Maybe the last one would be when I remember living in New Orleans. I was teaching expository preaching at a seminary down there. And Steve and his wife had just had a baby. They were living up in Atlanta near mom and dad and I got a call late one Monday night from Steve telling me that dad had just unexpectedly passed away from a heart attack. It's a picture of dad and it's at my wedding. Steve on one side, dad on the other. And I just think about the uh, comfort of knowing you're not walking through that alone. You've got a brother who's got your back and family has got your back. And I guess that's the point. Like we all face challenges in this world of sin and sorrow and suffering. We all face trials, we face attacks, we face all kinds of things. And when we face these things, isn't it good to know you have a brother who has your back? You have a sister who has your back. And I pray, maybe, maybe even better than that, to put it this way, isn't it good to know you have a picture in other people and somebody else of the God who has your back? Are you a lead pastor or a decision-making leader in your church? If so, would you like to learn how your church can reimagine your resources for the sake of the lost and unreached in this world? Or maybe gain a vision for how to shift the idea of existing mission opportunities? Or maybe receive detailed discipleship resources to expose, engage, and empower your congregation in Great Commission work? Well, if that sounds interesting, then we invite you to join us for the upcoming Radical Intensive. The Radical Intensive is a two-day event for lead pastors and decision-making senior leaders and their teams to encourage and equip you to lead your church to make disciples of all nations, particularly in places of most urgent spiritual and physical need. And the dates for this upcoming Radical Intensive are September 27th and 28th here in the Washington, D.C. metro area at McLean Bible Church. These two days are really groundbreaking. If you've ever been a part of a radical intensive in the past, you know that connecting with other like-minded church leaders who are seeking to rectify
solidify this great imbalance of mission forces to mission fields. And so we don't want anyone to miss out on this opportunity. So if that interests you, then head over to RadicalIntensive.com to register your team and be there with us September 27th and 28th at the Radical Intensive. Well, that's all for today's episode. I'm your host, Thomas Bowen. And until next time, join us there at Radical.net.